Welcome to the third episode of Basketball is Religion. I am your host, Big Matt, joined today by the Gons. Gons, how has your week been? It's been fantastic, dude. It is Friday, um, so I'm super hyped about that. The Lakers are playing Philly right now. Philly's favored by five points. I'm taking Lakers' money line all day on this bet. They are going to win this nationally televised game for sure. Gone's guarantee, just like the last one where I told you to make that bet, I believe, against the Wizards, um, and they ended up winning significantly. Yeah, Anthony Davis was on that tear, but he got got sick, a non-COVID-related injury, and then LeBron James um, didn't play in the last uh, didn't play the last game against the like, against Toronto. The Lakers never beat Toronto in Toronto, so the Lakers are coming off back to back losses after that. When in Washington, anything we can be concerned, anything Laker fans should be concerned about, or is that more of just hey, LeBron and AD were injured, can't really. No, man. I mean, yeah, exactly. They were out. You can't, you can't win without them. They're the one that's leading this um, kind of surge, you can say. So uh, they're back tonight. It's Friday night. It's national televised. It's gonna, they're gonna go off. Um, I see this being a really good, fun game to watch. I'm gonna put it on as soon as we're done here and. Lakers are going to win this for sure. And it's a great bet. I mean, plus five. Why not? You go to this LeBron and AD. Like uh, James Harden, he's been kind of struggling lately too. Like he, he had that really good start. He had come off. He was, you know, work. He was working on in the off season, came in the season in really good shape. Then he got injured and missed a few games. And now he's kind of back and playing pretty bad. Um, do you think Harden is a long-term solution for the Sixers? Or if they start sliding here, do you think maybe with Embiid putting on still a, a stellar year, and maybe not as good as the last couple seasons, but do you see maybe James Harden staying there or are you looking for maybe they trade him in the middle of the season? Well, Embiid's looking sluggish. Um, I was listening to the Lakers pregame, and they were talking about how, you know, they they had they actually had a winning streak while Embiid was out, and then he came back and he's looking sluggish. Harden is struggling. I don't think Harden will ever be the same because the refs aren't giving him calls. They weren't like they're not treating him like a superstar anymore, um, which forced him to get in shape. But even though he's in shape, he still has to alter his game, and I don't think he has his identity yet. Um, whether because we saw that he could distribute the ball when he was on Brooklyn, he was make he was getting a lot of assists. He was dishing the ball out. He switched his roll up, and I think he's still trying to figure out if what like how much he needs to shoot and how much he needs to distribute. I definitely think he'll be more useful as a distributor because you still have Tobias Harris who's balling um, with Embiid. So Matt, they should make the playoffs. You got three guys that could play, um, but it just depends on Harden fit into his role and Embiid you know, uh, just figuring out what he needs to, to be more effective. And we talked about this a little bit last time, episode two, last time we talked, do you view the Sixers as a, you know, top four team in the East? Can they get out of the East or is it kind of just, you know, maybe a lost season for them? They're not a top four team. I just, I would think the Cavs are right now are better than them. I would put the, the, the nets better than them. I might say, Atlanta, Indiana, Toronto, and Philly are all in the same group. And then like the bottom is like New York on. So I think it's separated by the top four, which is the Brooklyn Cavs, Bucks, and Celtics in the bottom four, which would be Atlanta Pacers. So yeah, no, I don't consider them a top four team at all. See, yeah. So with the Sixers, they were doing the la- well the last couple of years, but nah, 
I mean, they're like you had mentioned when Embiid and when Harden were out, they actually did well. Remember, you lost we lost money on that on the Nets when they were they had everyone coming back, and then Philly had without they were without Harden and without Embiid, and they end up beating the Brooklyn Nets by like fifteen points. So I guess it shows how good how deep of a team they are, but you know I guess their top two stars aren't gonna aren't good enough to put them over the top. Maybe they should be looking to so maybe make a trade like I I'll maybe see what you can get for a James Harden at this point. Um, as far as the Lakers stuff is concerned, it's you know we'll see how they do against against Philly tonight. Let's transition over to the other Los Angeles team. Um, they'll be they'll be calling Inglewood home here in a few few years or so. When they open up that that crazy arena over there in Inglewood, the Los Angeles Clippers. We didn't talk much about the Clippers uh, coming into the season. Um, there were on a lot of, I guess, analysts. You know, top three teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, you believe in a guy like you know Kawhi Leonard who has led a a team in Toronto to the championship with you know little chemistry. So with the Clippers being deep and Paul George still being there. Kawhi Leonard finally taking a year off, pretty much a season off to come back. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, they're still pretty, you know, pretty mid, sitting at fourteen and thirteen currently. Uh, they lost to they lost to Miami one ten to one fifteen. I'm sorry, one fifteen to one ten, and that was without Kawhi Leonard. He was sitting on the second day of a back to back, but Paul George is still doing pretty well. So with the Clippers, I would love to have the Heat here, but unfortunately. Um, with our with my personal schedule, couldn't quite get him on this week. Hopefully, at another time we could talk more with with Clipper Van Vahid. But what do you think about the Clippers? They're they were supposed to be really good, but they're deep, but they're still kind of just sitting at five hundred. What do you think, Ons? I mean, they're doing their job. They're ahead of the Lakers, and they're playing without their stars the majority of the games, um, if not half, maybe not the majority of the games. So they're right in the hunt, number nine. And with both guys coming back healthy, uh. They're a good team. I love their bench. I, I I love Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. I love Zubak. 29 rebounds. Are you kidding me? Um, I, I like their perimeter shooter, uh, Luke Kennard. Like they're straight. That foundation's there. They this they have potential to go really far in the West. Um, and I think their bench and their their role players held their own. Well, you know, they're right in the mix. Now the question is, Matt, is, is is Kawhi Leonard gonna come back and be back? Or is he gonna be in and out like a ghost, right? Is he gonna be a shadow that comes in a couple of times? Number one, that disrupts um chemistry. And number two, like people don't really know their role. Like, am I playing? Am I starting? Am I coming out for this? And that disrupts just people getting in the groove of their game. So if if they're really back, Clippers are gonna go far. Yeah, it really just depends on Kawhi Leonard, right? Kawhi Leonard, he's averaging the least amount of points he has in any season currently, and he's shooting 28% from three. So if your best player is shooting that poorly from three, or is even is Paul George now their, their best player, and Kawhi is just, like you said, coming in and out, it's going to mess with chemistry. They are deep. They're very deep. I think that's what, you know, people were valuing before the season is that they have a bunch of, you know, 10 to $15 million players that are, Pretty good. They're pretty solid wing players. You have your Norman Powells, you have your Robert Covingtons, and then your shooters in Kennard, a Terrence Mann uh, as defense. But it's really just more about chemistry, right? Like if you're the Clippers, you don't have that many picks because you surrender so many picks to get 
uh, Kawhi Leonard. If Kawhi Leonard's not not back, do you take some of those deeper pieces? Maybe try to find another. Are, are they a team that needs to look for a trade to increase their you know their their standing here in the next few weeks? Absolutely not. Come on, man. He was out for so long. I'm not going to come back and expect him to put up 30 points. It's not humane. It's not, it's not, he's not playing in game situations. So if he's truly back, and every indication is that he is, he played 30 minutes against Orlando, 28 minutes against Charlotte. Prior to that, all his minutes were in the lower 20s, some games even 16 to 18 minutes a game, the games that he did play. So if I'm seeing 30 minutes from him, Let's say we see 30 minutes tomorrow. I believe that's their next game. That's indication that he's starting to come back. And the point production will come, dude. He's just, he's rusty. Um, so I, I don't hold anything accountable for him in terms of field goal percentage. It will get there. It's just, he has to get in plain shape. I don't care how buff he looks. And um, I don't see him as the type of player to dedicate his entire summer to working out. I'm not talking crap, but he's just not one of those players. And you don't have to be one of those players, but if you're not one of those players, then it takes time to adjust. So um, I do not trade Kawhi Leonard. Uh, but now if if we're, if we're there's a pattern of him missing games, if he misses you know, one out of every four games um, until the All-Star break, then maybe you consider it. But I, I just don't see that being the case. Yeah, I don't, I'm probably not looking to trade Kawhi Leonard either. I'm just looking at those bigger pieces because they have, what, 10 to 12 guys. Like, I named a few of those off, and they still have other guys too. So, like, let, let me look at their roster real quick just to see. Like, the depth the depth of their team, I mean, you're, you're, you're still looking at that. You know, they're, they're still fairly deep. So, it's like trying to find, like, it was something you were kind of harping on in the past with the Lakers, right? Finding minutes for players. So, find a groove, right? So, if you have Kawhi Leonard coming back and playing 25, 30 minutes, that's that's minutes being taken away from other players. And usually, if you stop getting those minutes, you know, you're going to maybe act out a little bit or not play as hard because you're not getting consistent minutes. So, is that something you should, you're, you're concerned about with the clip, with this Clipper team is finding the consistent minutes for all, for, for all of their players? <sighs> I am, but I am hesitant to trade anyone because um, their squad is deep enough to win games if something happens down the line in the playoffs, if injury does occur. Norman Powell, a couple seasons ago, still has the capability. He's only 29 years old. Robert Covington is solid. Terrence Mann's put up big numbers. Marcus Morris Sr., dude, all he'll put up 20 points if Paul George and um, Kawhi are out. Like, I don't see anyone you can really get at, rid of. Um, and then they have their veteran, Nicholas Patoon, but you're not going to get nothing for him, right? So um, I like their squad. They're built to win a chip. They honestly are. So they're they, they're right in the middle of it. I would leave the team alone, let Tyron Lue do his thing, and um, see how this pans out. I would like to see John Wall do better. I'm rooting for him. Uh, he still has some of his speed. He has his handles. Um, I see he's in a bench role, obviously, but um, I really think he could be more effective. So that's that's the one guy that I would think could do better for him. I, I guess this is the question I was going to have for Vahita. Are you, it sounds like you're not concerned about the Clippers at all. 14 and 13, you would, even if they're deep, they would come in maybe at a, at a better clip than 14 and 13. That's 500. Like if you're if you're a deep team and they're I, I agree that they're fairly deep, you'd be doing a little bit better, though, right? it's early in the season and I'm looking at some of their losses here. And I mean, 
I mean, they barely they barely beat a Charlotte team who might be the worst team in the league, and they lost to the, the Magic, who could also be the worst team in the league. Like, don't if if your team is deep, does like regardless if you don't have Paul George, and they had Paul George for that Orlando game, don't you take care of business there? Yeah, but the Lakers lost by like thirty five or forty points. Yeah, I'm there. not talking about the Lakers though. Know, <laughs> this, is the, this is the issue with a lot of Clipper fans. Like, oh, what about the Lakers? Yeah, they're no, doing no, no, they're no, doing really not, badly. That's not what I'm getting to. I'm getting to mm-hmm. is the regular season is the regular season, and if we go by every team's schedule, we're going to see a blowout and an upset somewhere. Like, we could dissect every pick a team. Let's do it right now. Like, you want to pick a team that's good that that had a bad loss? Like, uh, I'm not defending the Clippers at all, but uh, yeah, should they have a better record? Sure, but their best players were out. Like, what do you expect? I mean, yeah, and that your argument is okay. Well, they got other players. They do. But this is the whole thing that we're talking about is the chemistry and not knowing your role and if you're going to get minutes. And yes, that has a part of it. But I, I don't I don't see no reason to panic. Um, they were out. They're in the hunt. They're number nine with your two best players being gone. Um those other guys aren't stars. Norman Powell's not a star, right? Like, he's a guy that can fill in. They don't have stars. They have guys that can fill in to carry the load when the stars can't, right? Like, I, I, I've I, been... It's the, the... Yes, I wouldn't panic, too. If you're a Clippers fan, you're 14, 13. I'm just kind of kind of honestly trying to make an argument here for... Because I'm, I'm a Laker homer. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're in the middle of the Western Conference. The Western Conference, who... I, I've been using this term a lot now to... <clears throat> they're all mid like pretty much everybody is doing okay like you have the, the 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 pelicans who are doing the best but that's the pelicans right they don't have any any postseason experience so who, who's expecting them to do well and then the phoenix suns got the break speed off them by the unfortunately the ftc boston celtics who are playing like the best team in the league so i mean with with desmond bain out in memphis you can't you know they're 16 and 9 but again they're a little bit deep but you know, it's hard. So even if the Clippers aren't doing great and the Lakers are also sitting at 10 and 14, no one's really out of it yet outside of the Spurs and the and the Rockets who are sitting down at 7 and 18. So luckily for the Clippers, everyone else is, not doing, is doing okay. So once Kawhi and Paul George kind of get back to it, yeah, they can definitely get to a top six seed because right now Sacramento sitting 13, certainly sitting fifth. Like Sacramento's good, but do you think Sacramento kind of keeps that, 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 um, you know, th- this pace of, play- of playing over 500 ball? No. But that's because, uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, maybe their coaching's really well, or maybe it's just a younger generation that I don't know well. But I don't see – I'm not convinced that Sacramento is going to carry the same record down the season. I just – based on my track history – I mean, their, their history, like – but who knows? Like I, I don't mind if they do. I have nothing against the Kings. I think it'd be fun to see them go far. I think it'd be fun to see Indiana go far. But I feel like these teams again and again, they just don't pan out and they kind of fall out of it. Like, when's the last time a small market team won the chip? Like, can you remember? It's like, do you view the Cavs as a small market team? No, I think LeBron changed that. Um change that about them. I don't think they're a small market team at all. They get a ton of exposure in games now. And I think that has to do a lot with LeBron James. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, it's like, do you, was Detroit a small market team? 
If you want to talk basketball, no, because Detroit's always been a really good powerhouse team. Sure. No, I mean, like, if we're looking at, if you're asking me that question of this as a small market team, I guess, before I guess this my my last one maybe be the Spurs. Are they a small market team when they won in '99? Oh, they are a small market team, hundred percent. So, like, luckily the Spurs they've been able to keep that uh, that excellence, but now they're also, like I said, sitting at seven and eighteen. Same thing with the Rockets, and it's going to be top bottom four teams have a twenty five percent shot to land the number one seed, which is a transition uh, number one seed, number one draft pick, a twenty five percent shot after come lottery night. We'll see who gets the number one pick, and the consensus number one pick is a guy named Victor Wenbenyama. Victor Wenbenyama is a seven foot three, seven foot four, if you, in shoes, t- highly touted prospect out of France, maybe the highest prospect since LeBron James. People were comparing because I heard some podcasts list, looked at some articles and they said that this guy was a better prospect than one LeBron James back in two thousand three, which is crazy. If you haven't seen Vic- Victor uh, Victor Wenbenyama play, imagine. Rudy, imagine he's seven foot four. It's hard to even imagine him because he's like a slender man, but he has, he's trying to do the the pull up jumper game and guard game of like a Kevin Durant, but still have the defensive capabilities of say a Rudy Gobert, but even a little bit more mobile than Rudy Gobert because he could actually guard pick and rolls potentially. So the potential of this guy being one of the best players in the league is really good. I mean, you have tall players. I guess we'll get that, get into that in a little bit, but Last podcast, last episode of the podcast, the Gon said he did not believe in the, in Victor Wenbenyama. Yes, yes. Okay, so he didn't he didn't believe in Victor uh, Victor Wenbenyama. Gon's why not? I don't believe in him because I haven't seen him against NBA players. He's really tall and lengthy, but I mean that just any any player that's really tall it tends to have a lot of foot problems. Um, you know, look at Yao Ming being an example, and he still had a pretty good career. But this guy is so skinny um, and plays so much like a guard with his legs in terms of doing step back type of stuff like Durant that I it's with, with that. With, I, don't, I don't wish this on anyone, but him being so fragile it, take, it it's, and him using his legs so much, it, I feel like it's a disaster waiting to happen. Um it's going to be hard for him to be effective in the post because his game isn't exactly being in the post. It's almost like being a really tall guard. It's just great because fun to watch. And like, how did the guy at seven, five do all that? But I don't know how it's going to adjust to the NBA. Do I think he's going to be a complete bust? No. Do I think he's worth the number one pick? Definitely not. Um, I would just be wary of that. Like, yeah, he looks really, really good. But when it comes to playing in the NBA, um, it's going to be a different story. Also, when he dribbles the ball, right? You're going against NBA guards that are just going to a seven foot five guy dribbling the ball like that's going to get ripped, dude. Um, you know, there's different different skills that you have as an NBA player to strip the ball when you bring it up. I just as tall as he is, and I'll give him this with his agility, it's impressive. I just don't think it's going to translate well to the NBA. We look at prior, you know, seven foot three, seven foot four in shoes. Like we've never seen someone this tall. Like the, I guess the biggest, the best tall player of all time was, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like that's a big, you know, bar to, to set for yourself, you know, Kareem. And then maybe behind that, like Yao Ming, 
And then you're looking at like a Rick Smith. Remember Rick Smith's out of Indiana? Oh, yeah, but he was a center. Yeah, I mean, he, he, with Victor, he's not going to be at, at power forward. He's not going to be at, at, at guard. He is probably going to be center. But then it's almost like with within, within the NBA now, it's really just if you have your big your big guy kind of has to shoot nowadays. Like you're not going to have like you're plotting bid, man. I mean, that's why Minnesota is not doing very well. It's because you still have a guy like Rudy Gobert who can't shoot. He just has to be stationary in the middle. So with Victor Van Benyama. This guy could actually shoot. Yes, he's this past season he's been shooting uh, for his for his French team thirty six point eight percent from three. Previous season was a little bit lower, but he is working with Dirk Nowitzki's shooting coach. So that's something you know maybe you could look at as saying okay, he's looking yes, to. I agree. Yeah. I agree. If he develops a Tim Thomas, not Tim Thomas, Kurt Thomas type of game, a Marcus Camby game where he's 10, 15 feet away from the from the basket. And he catches and he learns to keep his his, his look. If, the one thing Yao Ming was really good at doing was catching the ball high and shooting the ball high, not bringing the ball down. But that requires some strength. Marcus Camby, Kurt Thomas, all had strength to do that. Yao Ming, even though he's Asian, bro, had strength. This guy's a twig. I don't think he has the strength to catch the ball up high and shoot the ball effectively without bringing it down. And um. I just don't think he does. But we'll I mean, see. he has what he's what nineteen though. Like as far as giving him like when Giannis Antetokounmpo came into the league, it took him what three four years to develop that that strength. Like, are, are we gonna not give that guy the same sort of like? Okay, he has to learn to develop his game because you know he, are we not gonna give him that time to to maybe bulk up to be an NBA strength? You know, as far as NBA center strength wise. No, give him give him the time. Sure, I just you know what. Maybe he's a long-term investment. And if that's the case, go for it. Um, I just don't think he's going to give you the ROI as someone like that's ready to go and make an impact. Yeah, Scoot Henderson. That guy, like, if, you're, if, you're, if you remember during, during, during the summer, it was or in, in October in that showcase in, in Las Vegas, it was Scoot Henderson versus Victor Venbanyama. And they both kind of did, you know, did pretty well. So Scoot Henderson would probably be the second pick. So I guess you know to to kind of tie a bow into this when Benyama like you know, discussion that we're having. We're looking at the bottom teams. You're looking at Orlando has a worse record, but they have like a guy named Bull Bull um, and Franz Wagner. Um, Houston, you know, they're collecting all these top level talent: Jalen Green, um, Kevin Porter Jr., um, Jabari Smith Jr. And then you have the Spurs, and then you have. The seven eighteen is also seven to twenty is Detroit. Imagine when Benyama with you know Cade Cade Cunningham and growing with him or Charlotte at seven and eighteen with Lonzo Ball. Where would you like to see uh, Victor Van Benyama? Looking at you know looking at his highlights and what he's what he can currently bring to the table. Plus, also if you're not looking at him maybe excelling too quickly, out of those five teams, what team would you like to see him with next season? That's a good question, man. I think it has to be a young team that's in the rebuilding process so he can get the proper minutes and learn to fail to succeed. Um, you know, maybe put him with an Orlando Magic, which very much happened because a team obviously is going to draft him. Number one is going to be a team with a losing record. So it could work out for him. Um, but he definitely needs to go somewhere where he can develop and someone that has a really good point guard because a point guard will make or break him. Um, you get the right point guard with him. 
he'll be he'll develop a lot faster. Like put him with a Chris Paul on the practice squad for a year or two. Watch him develop. Um, you know, I'd also want to have a veteran big that could teach him the fundamentals on how to be big, how to catch the ball, how to do post moves. Um, so ideally putting him in a situation where he has either veteran bigs or a coach like Patrick Ewing that could kind of show you what to do inside, have a really good point guard that can distribute the ball to you at the right place. These will all enhance his development. If he does not have that and he's like, they give him the ball and say, go, you know, sink or swim. I don't know that he'll swim. I think he may sink. And then we know how ment- you know, mentally that affects you, right? If you're not put in a position to succeed, it's mentally draining and that could affect him even more. So um, I'm just not 100% like everyone else that's saying he's going to be like LeBron James. I'm not saying he's going to suck. I'm not saying he's not going to develop. But I'm just not sold that he's going to be the next superstar of the NBA. Yeah, I'm. I, I yeah, I. I uh, man, when, I just look at those highlights and he, what he's doing, uh, that being that tall and that lanky. I think he's in, has an eight foot something wingspan too, which you've never seen in the NBA. Could he get his pocket picked for sure? Um, these are fast NBA guards, but this isn't the '90s. This isn't the 2000s. So the, you don't have a lot of centers that are being ultra physical with him. Like if if you're looking at a Derek Coleman or you know Shaq kind of bullying him in the post, that's not really going to happen because that's not what happens in 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 today's game. He idolizes you know a Kevin Durant style game. So um, with with Victor Wembanyama, you know coming up this current season, I was looking up you know different tall guys guys that are like giants that are seven foot four or higher so i'm have a let me i have a few questions about tall players gone so i want to i want to give you but let's talk about the the tallest player in the league first do you know who the tallest player to ever play in the nba is george murison george murison okay so a few questions about one george murison george murison is known to have played for the Washington Washington Bullets at the time, who turned into the Wizards in the 2001-2002 season. Then he went on to play for New Jersey. Uh, George Murison was 7'7", 303 pounds. Um, like I said, played for the Bullets. He played for six years, which is pretty good for a big man. So if you're looking at like injury history, you know George Murison, you know only played he played 76 games in his in his best year in 95-96. But as far as some some questions, some trivia about George Murison, um, what was the movie he was in with Billy Crystal that people remember George Murison from? Uh, Billy Crystal. He wasn't in Forget Paris, was it? I mean, it was I, not Forget Paris, but I like that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Which what is it? It was My Giant. My oh, Giant. Okay. Yeah. I don't think it was a basketball player, but yeah, he was. Yeah, my for my giant with Billy Crystal. But yeah, like uh, forget Paris. That was a good you know basketball movies in the nineties. Yeah, that um, was a rom com basketball movie. So the wife gets what she wants, right? Or the girlfriend, and then the guy gets what he wants. He gets to watch oh, yeah. basketball and see you know. So that was a good movie. True or false? Did George Morrison make a three pointer in his career? I'm gonna say true. Unfortunately, he didn't. He didn't even attempt one. So that shows how like I know Shaq has one, but he has never attempted one. That's crazy. Um, for George Morrison, last one I have for you. Um, George Morrison averaged 1.5 blocks for his career. True or, or true or false? I would hope it's true. So I'm going to say true, being that tall. 
I would have hoped it would have been a little bit more, but yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, 1.5 blocks for his career. Yes, he was plotting, but yeah, that's kind of where you get your thing for Wen Benyama from. But if you're looking at these big dudes, they're just plotting. They really kind of just played the game of basketball because they were so tall. So we're hoping that's not the case with ben, Wen Benyama, but, you know, George Morris on 7-7. Seven, seven. Got anything else, Gons? No, man, that's all I got for today, but it was good talking about the Clippers. And I, next episode, I think we're going to have he joining us. So it'll be fun. We could uh, get into some other stuff and see what the Lakers and Clippers do. I think the Lakers are um, – what is the score, my friend? Uh, Lakers are – ooh, my bet does not look good. Lakers are down 20 to 31. So, Well, hopefully the Lakers kind of pull that off there. It's still, it's still only the, after the first quarter. And we'll we'll kind of, we'll kind of go from there. So that will be it for us today. Thank you for joining us in this midweek episode of Basketball Is Religion. We'll record again on Sunday to have a Monday podcast for you. Um, hopefully, we'll have a heed, talk some more hoops, um, talk some more maybe ninety stuff. We can bring a Tony in the middle of the week. So we're hoping to have one podcast recorded in the middle of the week. Hopefully. Uh, for ready for you guys either on Thursdays or Fridays, and then we'll have that Sunday pod recorded for you guys on um, for a Monday morning. Um, listen to whether you're going to be working out or going to work or something. It'll be eight 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 thirty in the mornings on Mondays. Hopefully, we'll have that consistent going forward. Here, thank you all for listening. We appreciate the support. Have a nice day.